Well, they were sitting around playing their magic cards. At least that's what I assume they do. And then someone went out and bought some microphones, and that's how they became the MTG Brew Crew. The MTG Brew Crew. The MTG Brew Crew. Let's rock and roll. So, uh, recurring theme on the cast is uh you know you just you got to call in the question some of the dedication of uh of our of our other members here andrew uh so joe just got his uh his second vaccine dose yesterday so he's out of commission for today he's uh you know not feeling so swell and then uh you know peter where is this guy how dare he have a job that makes him work nights which is the only time several of us can record What's he thinking? Having a, a job in 2021? What's the kid thinking? Yeah, I just like like I said, I don't know, man. This is you know, this is how bands break up. That's that's all I know. Unemployment pays a thousand dollars a week. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> uh, so anyway, it's 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 been about four weeks since uh, since our last episode. Life's just kind of been getting in the way. Uh, so to kind of throw it back for a second, uh, I think we've all kind of had some uh, reliability issues lately, but. That's the beautiful thing about uh, not having to, to report to anybody and doing it for just the uh, the love of podcasting. So I'm glad to be back. I know that uh, Strixhaven obviously launches uh, in two days. We're recording on a Tuesday, so it uh, comes out on Thursday. Um, no early like sneak event. That's obviously been kind of getting some buzz and uh, I think some feel bads going. Maybe I'm just like selfish, but as a person who's been streaming a lot the last two months, but I'm definitely not the type of streamer Watsu would contact. I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> like, it feels very entitled that all these people are complaining about not getting their free cards. Honestly, for a day, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't like care. Like, as someone who makes content and would have eventually maybe had a prospect of getting into something like that, which I'm sure he could have honestly if I just reached out. But uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like who cares? It, it seems weird that they announced they were gonna do it, and then just like did, like this one, they probably should have honored because they apparently announced they would. But if they wanted to, if they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. It's probably a lot of work for very little payoff for them. Like, yeah, I, I I was talking to Joe about this before. Like we were just texting back and forth, and it's like I, I think what gets lost a lot of times is is that Watsi is a corporation, and they're not. They don't. Yeah, yeah they, they don't owe anyone anything. They're they're not a uh, you know a non for profit and. Clearly, what what came out of this is someone scrubbed the books and said, "Hey, why do we keep doing these early access events? It's not making us any money. It's driving views, um, but it's not actually leading to any you know incremental dollars. It's not leading to to any revenue for us. It's it's good for Twitch viewership. It's good for viewership for the streamers, uh, but the streamers are obviously not or or largely not employed by uh, by Watsi. Um, you know, so I, I guess they don't." You know, again, they're a corporation that's looking at dollars and cents, and and sometimes it's very short-sighted, but I think that's just ultimately what it is. They're just not seeing any money getting generated from it. I don't even know how much it drives viewership, honestly. It's one day. It's a one-day thing. It's not like most of the people that are just going to watch their favorite streamer anyway were going to watch regardless of whether or not they have access to the new cards, it seems like. like, I I guess I don't know for sure because I've never participated. I don't really watch a lot of streams, but... Like, yeah, like how massive is like the difference in someone's viewership in the early access event versus not? I guess that's probably a point where I'm maybe just not informed enough on the topic. But it's also just like a who, 
who cares? It's one day. It probably wasn't worth them to set up like a bunch of accounts. And they also only really open themselves up to potentially looking bad by what people they exclude and include. Uh, th- definitely. I, I think that's a great point, too. I, I think there's a lot of noise or, or some feel bad. Like, um, why, why, anyway. why didn't this person get included? What the fuck are they doing there? Like, oh, my God, this person once said this thing. How dare you support them? Yep. So it's just the, I, I think it's good for themselves to just like yeah, it's one it's one it's one day right it's like who cares uh yeah I, I mean I I guess I can't personally say who cares I I, I don't uh, you know I don't stream I can uh, say it I feel confident saying who cares <laughs> so I speak for everyone <laughs> I'm uh, I'm like the Lorax yeah <laughs> fair enough uh so. So some uh, quick things to just get it out of the way. So uh, opening toast. Uh, it's just you and me, obviously, on this cast today. So, I got a good one though. Do you? I, uh, I I'm running back three philosophers, so I'm kind of boring, but uh, it's it's all reliable for me. I love this beer. One of my favorite beers of all time. So I'm, I'm my beer is called Pie of the Tiger. Wow. So it's already a good start. Wow. It's uh it's an apricot pie sour. Apricot pie. It's part of Full Circle Brewing, their hip hop puree series. So, <laughs> wow. The can, the can looks ridiculous. It's really just the one on all fronts. I had, I bought it specifically just in case we did this. I bought a four pack at my local Vegas uh, liquor store the other day. Nice. I had one of them already. It is incredibly good. I, I never know where you are in the world, so uh, I guess you're in, in so it's Vegas. In New York, then I was in Vegas, then I was in San Diego. I'm back in Vegas. <laughs> okay. I'm vaccinated, so I can do whatever I want. Nice. Uh, officially uh, double dosed. Yep, I'm good. Nice. Uh, so am I. It is funny how I did it though. Is I got it in Vegas, and the only proof of address I don't I have no proof of address here. Like everything's in my girlfriend's name, so I just had her write a letter saying I live here. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked but it, i think because they're, they're not like trying to prevent people from getting vaccinated they're not like verifying everything anything it was just like uh nah they're really not you just, nah, just show to, up and they're like her eligibility? she was my yeah i had her pretend she was my landlord and she just wrote a letter saying he lives here nice there you go and they were like okay <laughs> yeah yeah and, and you probably didn't even have to jump through that many hoops no no i probably honestly i don't even think we have to have that done but yeah 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 fair enough uh, I mean that sounds awesome. You'll definitely have to send me a picture of that. I'm sure the label is also really cool looking. Uh, kind of cool. For uh, for whose bands is this? So Joe actually won the uh, the last game that we played, but obviously he's not here today. Um, so what do you think would be a, a good band word for today? Uh, hmm. What's uh, what's Strixhaven about? It's about school, and I don't even know. I was gonna say, what if, what if we ran Eldrain? Eldrain, all right, sure. I can't imagine how much that'll come up, but I'm a fan of it. Well, I figure it's just like Eldrain is probably more powerful than every single card in this set, so it's like just just yeah, there's the, lots of lots of uh, you know what about like Bone Crusher Giant or Stomp, some variation of that, because there's lots of good creatures in this set that all die to Bone Crusher Giant. So. I'm in. Here, here. Right. I'm down for that. I, I will cheers to that. We, we'll ban Bone Crusher Giant today. Because so. there's a couple of good creatures in the set that would be good if they didn't just get fucking literally stomped, stomped on. out. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally stomped on. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's just jump right into this, man. I'm uh, I'm excited. I, I 
quite honestly, like I, I real like dribs and drabs for me. Usually I'm like much more well versed in like what all of these cards are before we even do this type of episode. But uh Yeah, I've really done way more brewing for historic. I don't really know why, I'm just more interested in it. I think standard's also just really flat, but we can uh we can definitely I, I think it's a good format too. I just uh the power level is really high, so the barrier to entry is going to be very high, and I think a lot of these cards are just misses. So there's less that excited me about standard than the Mystic Archive, obviously being a massive hit for Historic. Mystic Archive, that's what it was called. I totally yeah. blanked when I sent you that before. I was like, I don't remember what the super weird altar art set is called. Okay. Yeah, they, they branched off of Mythic. They, they've been calling everything Mythic for the last three years, but now they're at Mystical. Mm, fair. <laughs> fair uh all right so i guess we'll uh we'll just jump into this i think for the most part uh you know as as you and i were talking we'll we'll cover mythics we'll cover uh the rares and then we'll just kind of shout out some like notable common and uncommons i think that's kind of just the the easiest way um we're not a limited podcast so uh it doesn't really make too much sense to dive into like the nitty-gritty stuff for us um, especially joe peter and joe are limited players they are they are so and they're not here today, so they're excluded. We should have just banned them as the, uh, the who's banned this. <laughs> we should right. have played. We should have done a wheel of fortune, whatever we call it, wheel of fortune, whatever our game is. We should have each represented one of them, and whoever lost is just off the podcast. <laughs> like a, a survivor. Yeah, we, we would be essentially their champion standing in for the game. And whichever one of us lost that person, there the person they were representing is officially off the podcast. What was that movie where like you controlled a robot and like you would Real fight? Steel? Yes, yes, it's basically that, but podcast edition. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, now we know what to do when. Uh, when <laughs> Next, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, so that, you better not miss again, and potentially one of you aren't coming back. <laughs> All right, let's let's jump into these spoilers. Uh, all right, so again, we'll we'll shoot. Uh, we'll go mythics. We'll go rares, uh, and then we'll just talk. Um, just kind of some role players that we think will be relevant from uh, from common and uncommon. Uh, so first up, we have, I guess, Velomachus Lorehold. Uh, it's five red white for a five five legendary elder dragon. It's got flying, vigilance, haste. It's a mythic. Uh, whenever it attacks, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may cast an instant or sorcery spell with mana value less than or equal to its power from among them without paying its mana cost. Uh, put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, yes, I know you're a big fan of mana value. So, but, uh, yeah. Uh, the one advantage this dragon has over the rest, the only one with haste, which is typically a very uh, relevant ability for a large dragon like this. Um, I, I think it's a little too overcosted to be good. You compare it to something like Goldspan Dragon, just not nearly aggressive. Uh, no, Fred White typically being aggressive colors. That being said, it is it does have haste, which is the best thing it has going for it by far. Honestly, one of the most underrated and powerful abilities in Magic. But, uh, it's it's actually not bad. I think it's a little hard just to find where it might fit in. It's very form and contextual. A lot of things like uh, lines up terrible against Heartless Act. Lines up terrible against like Disdainful Stroke, Guess and Scatter. Some more popular stuff like that is the worse it is. Um, in a vacuum, though, actually pretty powerful. 
Um, seven, like, like any sort of ramp, anytime you can get it out a little faster, super relevant. Um, you, you obviously have to construct your deck around it a little bit too. This isn't just like a topper and a creature deck, obviously, because you want expensive instance sorcery, something actually getting value out of and like cheating into play. Um, I don't expect it to have a massive impact, but in a vacuum, a powerful card. But I just don't think up to snuff with uh, the rest of the format. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, it, it, do you stand by that for both standard and for uh, historic? Like you don't see? Yeah, it. not 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 even close to historic, unless there's some like yeah. stupid combo with it. But I don't see that happening. And uh, standard, like maybe some point at rotation. There's like a good Jeskai control deck or something, or a Naya deck that maybe wants it as like a finisher where it's like ramp, but I, I'm just not seeing it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it, and every t- and every time you whiff, so bad. Every time you whiff, this card is so <laughs> fucking bad. Right, 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 right. All right, so that's the uh, the lore hole dragon there. Next up, we have uh, Galazeth Prismari. Uh, so it's two blue red for a three four flyer legendary elder dragon. Uh, it's got flying. And it says, uh, when it enters the battlefield, create a treasure token. And then it says, artifacts you control have tap, add one mana of any color, spend this mana only to cast an instant or sorcery spell. Uh, things that I was going for it cheap, only four mana, uh, three, four, uh, decent stats, like four mana, three, four flyer, not the best, not the worst. Um, generates immediate value, another big thing it has going for it. Uh, worst thing it has going for it, rather weak. Just, just like the ability, when you do on tap with it, it's not like crazy or anything. Um, not tons of good ways to abuse in a standard, to my knowledge. Um, there's some like new treasure cards and stuff. Uh, I don't really know what cheap artifacts are good in the format, like prior to this. I don't think like any, right? In standard? Yeah, it works well with Goldspan Dragon. Probably the best thing that has going for it. But I was just going to say, the only artifact yeah. that's good that comes to mind is, uh, is Maze Mind Tome. Yeah, this Tom. Yeah, but I'm the yeah, for like cheap ones. So yeah, I mean, there's like Ember Cleave, Great Henge, but those aren't. You can yeah. tap your Great Henge for one instead of two. Right. Yeah, I guess this card is kind of cool with, uh, uh, with Goldspan Dragon, but it's like, what do you like? A, that guy. Some sort of like is a deck, maybe ramping into uh, something like Magma Opus, but. Hey. Yeah, that card. That card. Hey, we'll get to that one, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess like maybe that like that is it snow deck from like once upon a time that was kind of like a flavor. Maybe it fits into like something like that. Yeah, it's it's a little okay in something like that. Um, especially because I think Tome is already maybe decent in that deck. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it sounds like you're lukewarm on it. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Again, it's like not terrible, but not good. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Not not drawing dead on seeing, but same as the last one. Not drawing dead on seeing play, but I don't think likely. We're not. This excited. one is, yeah. We're not excited. Next up, we've got Tanazir Quandrix. So that's three, uh, green blue for a four four flying trample legendary elder dragon. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, double the number of one one counters on target creature you control, and when it attacks, you may have the base power and toughness of other creatures you control become equal. To uh, Tanazir Quandrix's power and toughness until end of turn. This seems real bad. Yeah, unless there's like a walking ballista card that you want to put on like four and then put on this. I, I really don't think it's particularly good. Um, the tramp trample, not great on like a four four flyer, and the ability's not good. Um, unless there's like a very specific other card you want to be playing with this card with, I don't 
I can't imagine why you would play it. And, and most things that like want one one counters, you want to like be like low to the ground. You want like the uh, like, like a hardened scales type effect. Or, or, yeah, yeah, conclave, yeah, winding constrictor, con- conclave champion, or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, we like we're only gonna just start getting going at five. Like that's like that type of deck just seems completely dead. If <laughs> that's when we're gonna start rolling, yeah, this card seems bad. All right, we're moving on from from Quandrix Dragon. Next up, we've got Shadrix Silver Quill. So this one is three white black for a two five Elder Dragon. Uh, it's got flying and double strike. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may choose two. Each mode must target a different player, and the modes are target player creates a two one white and black Inkling creature token with flying. Target player draws a card and loses a life. Target player puts a plus one, plus one counter on each creature they control. Uh, this one's okay. Seems vastly better than the last it's, dragon. Yeah, it it's, <laughs> it's, doesn't have haste, but does generate not exactly immediate value on, on like the, the two that under the battlefield, but uh, you can obviously try to get it in when they're like tapped out. Um, get a it's kind of good if you just make a two on a draw card like before they kill it. That's already uh pretty good. Uh, this is the best one so far, probably. Yeah, I would agree with that. Just being able to like put a body on like an additional body on the board and draw a card, like th- those two modes right there are already pretty. Uh... And you got like, incidental like pump effect with it too. Obviously, having double strike is fairly decent. Uh... I can see this one maybe seeing a little bit of play. This this one's the one I'm most optimistic about. So far, I'd rank them probably this one, the blue-red, the red-white, then the green-blue. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure the deck, honestly, but if something comes up, like, yeah, like replacing itself and getting a flyer, like, immediately is good. Like, uh, it's definitely very good. Yeah. Um, five toughness may be relevant. I'm, not, I'm trying to think of the removal in the format. I don't really know what the, the numbers are. I don't know if there's really not too many. Five I mean, yeah, as long as like Brazen Borrower also exists, though, like Brazen Borrower just Brazen Borrower is good against this card. Yeah, it just like punks all these dragons. <laughs> not designed. Yeah, you're gonna just double you bounce it or double my counters every time. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's it's decent. I, I like this one the most so far. But uh, again, it all depends on the format and the deck. Like, not blowing me away, but it's playable. More playable than the other ones yeah, so far. Enough. Fair enough. Fair I, don't, enough. I don't know what the last one does, but... Uh, yeah, so the next... So the last one is uh, Belladros Witherbloom. So it's five black-green for a 4-4 four, four flyer. At the beginning of each upkeep, not just your own, but each upkeep, yeah. create a 1-1 one, one black and green pest creature token with when this creature dies, you gain one life, and you can pay ten life to untap all lands you control, activate only once each turn. Hmm. Uh, seems pretty bad. <laughs> seems really bad. Imagine you started yeah. playing Magic when uh, like the, the Wilderness Reclamation set happened, and you'd be like, wait, I used to get to do this for free. Why would I pay ten life to do this? <laughs> Like, you must think, like, this card's real bad. Death Shadow combo? No, it's a, don't, actually, <laughs> don't actually do that. Um, you said it. People are saying it. <laughs> yeah, as well, so I got to be careful with what I say about Shadow. People take that as gospel, so. 
You heard it here. Yeah, it's not good. Like, it's a little cute. Like, oh, top seven, they kill it immediately. But <laughs> let me just pay 10 real quick. And it's like, I didn't even do it. But uh, unless there's some combo or something, it's it's only even so good. Like, like the abilities, like, the static abilities, okay. But like, it's not even that good if it's in play for like two turns or three turns. Yeah. You get a couple one months. Yeah. Yeah, this card sucks. This yeah. is the worst song. Yeah. Uh yeah, well this one's maybe out edges out Tanazir just because maybe there's some combo with it, but it seems unlikely. So right, yeah, all, all all of these seem very underwhelming. Yeah, just for like, mythic dragons that are like the flagship leaders of like the fucking school or whatever's going on here, I, I feel they probably could have made them a bit better. I'm all for scaling back cards and like you know not pushing the. F- you know, story driving mythics anymore. I'm all for that, but these are definitely relatively safe, which isn't an issue though. Right. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I, I would love to see the, the power levels of cards in general, just coming back to earth after uh, sets like war of the spark and Eldraine and all this nonsense. So we're almost out of the woods and it seems like we're heading in the right direction. If this is you know, between uh Kaldheim and, and this set, uh, you know, both very, very appropriately powered sets. So, it seems like we're moving in, in the right direction. No, I'm a fan. Alrighty. So we're going back to Lorehold here. Uh, so we have next up we have Hoffrey Ghost Forge. Uh I've never read this card. There's a lot of words on it. You're in charge. Go. Alright. So it's three red white for a four five. It's a legendary creature. Uh dwarf cleric at Mythic. Uh, it says spirits you control get plus one plus one and have trample and haste. Uh, and then it says, whenever another non-token creature you control dies, exile it. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's a spirit in addition to its other types, and it has, when this creature leaves the battlefield, return the exiled card to your graveyard. This card has to be unplayable. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't seem very good. Spirits you control get possible. Yeah, unless there's good spirits, which I don't really think there is. Um... Five mana ward. It's not like the worst card ever, but I'm, I don't think it's going to be good. It's bad. The next card is not bad, though. So next up, we've got Magma Opus. So it's a six blue red for an instant. Uh, Magma Opus deals four damage divided as you choose among any number of targets. Tap two target permanents, create a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token, draw two cards, uh, and then it has an ability of uh, blue-red hybrid, blue-red hybrid, discard magma opus, create a treasure token. This card is sweet. It's definitely cool. I, I don't know how good it actually is, but it's definitely cool. So obviously the first thing that I thought of was uh, was torrential gear Hulk when uh, when I flipped it over to you, um, just being able to like discard it out of your hand and then like setting up for the torrential gear Hulk like obviously it, is, it's, it spe- speeds it up and yeah, no, that's definitely a powerful ability. Um, and then being able to do your gear Hulk stuff by like you can pop this off at a minimum just between this card and torrential gear Hulk you get to do it on on turn five which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, definitely powerful card costing eight. Is a lot definitely overcosted for the effect, I think, even as good as it is. 
yeah, one thing, I've, I've built a couple of Stoic decks with it, off the back of you saying it was good with Gear Hulk. Um, I have one list I really like with Indomitable Creativity that I think will actually be one of the mm. first decks I try and stream if uh, mm -hmm. I feel like spending $100 on wild cards in order to acquire it. That list looked awesome, too. Um, yeah, so, so I, I think it's cool, and I think it might actually be good. So I do think it's one of the first decks on a stream with. But uh, yeah, it basically pairs this and one with another card we could touch on later, which maybe we can even just talk about it now because I don't remember it. So I create a Valburst, similar card, seven mana, uh, same effect for discard to create a treasure while also being another powerful instant. Deals five, then like impulses for five. And I think that's it. But that's the uh, the uncommon, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I can read it. I, I got it pulled up. Uh, so, Creative Outburst. So, three uh, double blue, double red for an instant. Creative Outburst deals five damage to any target. Look at the top five cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, and then it has the same uh, the same ability as Magma Opus, where it's uh, blue-red hybrid, blue-red hybrid, discard it, and uh, create a treasure token. Yes, the idea is you have an Indomitable Creativity deck with Magma Opus... Uh... That card, Shark Typhoon. Another one we'll get to, Pradmari Command, that can all create targets for the creativity. Use them to pump out Gear Hulks. You've put the cards into Yard with Opus. Uh, having its discard ability, Command having its looting ability, and uh, Creative Outburst having the treasure ability again. Uh, you can even, if you can get a couple out, you put like two Gear Hulks into play, cast like two of these, you can never lose. Um, well, so I think just being a relatively good enough control deck to compete in the format, which is hard to say what a Stark's going to look like because it gets such a massive uh, overhaul. But it does actually seem like a pretty powerful deck to me. And uh, one that I remember you said you, what your initial tweet was like, God, uh, before Andrew stops us or whatever, but I actually kind of <laughs> ran with it. And uh, I, think I, I think I came up with a little decent something. So Yeah, I actually couldn't believe it. I was floored when you sent the deck list. I was like, is is he messing with me like is is he gonna no, send me this is he gonna send me this and then be like haha you're an idiot like this deck's really bad you know no it's a good interaction i, I really just like the idea of it, it is plays definitely a little like a combo deck i think we're just like if you can turn five of creativity for two gear hulks and get back two of these spells like you're gonna fucking bury someone yeah but also just being not that bad of a control deck which is typically a decent place to be right yeah, it's 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 interesting where like especially in obviously we're talking about historic because we're talking about torrential gear hulk. So in, in the context of that, it's like the two biggest decks right now are black white auras and and jun food, which are both playing like these like goldfish type games. So it's like if we could just do a more powerful, more reliable, also goldfishy type of thing, then then why not explore that? And it sounds like the list at least that you have drawn up does do that. Yeah, you get to interact too. Uh, so that's always nice, right? Right, right. Uh, yeah, Magma Opus. I think uh, I think we'll not see any standard play, but uh, probably not. I, I do think I, I I've got some pretty high hopes for uh, for it interacting with uh, especially favorably with Torrential Gear Hulk. Uh, next up, we've got Body of Research. So this card's really weird. Uh, it's triple green, triple blue for a sorcery. It says, uh, create a zero, zero green and blue fractal creature token. Put X plus one, plus one counters on it, where X is the number of cards in your library. This card is just like huge stains, right? Uh, yeah, unless there's maybe like a fling combo. But aside from that, it's probably not good. Mm, all right. I could buy the fling combo, I guess. Well, there's thud, right? Is thud, thud legal on something? Or is one uh, out of fling? Yeah. 
but even that at like sorcery. Well, yeah, you just play well, no. this. Like, yeah. You can just like ramp yeah. to seven, play this, and thud. Right. Splinter Twin. Yeah, it's basically Splinter Twin, man. I I don't know. I got a hard time buying that this card's good. It's it's <laughs> it's probably not. But yeah, especially in like a world with Brazen Borrower, it's like this card's just. Like... How does it interact with the uh, Genesis Ultimatum and Terror of the Peaks? He just you can you can stack them right so that you just kill them. Yeah. Um, or Kevin, even like true. if you play if you play the like Terror Peaks and this and like a team ramp deck, maybe it's okay. I'm tapping with Terror of the Peaks is normally just good enough to win, where you probably don't have to play a card like this. But yeah. All right. No, that's true. I I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And then it's like Mystical Disputes also still just like legal. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a good one. Eldraine just needs to rotate. All right. Next we, we have. Play, all right. So it's it's a sword deck where you play four Alsor Shepherd. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, there green go. spells can't be countered. Not just green elves. spells. Yep. Yeah, that, that card's absurd. Uh, next up, we've got Blot Out the Sky. So it's X, red, uh, geez, X, white, black for uh, a sorcery at Mythic. It says create X tapped 2 1 white and black inkling creature tokens with flying. If X is six or more, destroy all non creature, non land permanents. Uh, it's maybe okay. He's making a bunch of 2 1 flyers. Like for five mana, six, three 2 1 flyers isn't that bad. Um, if you ramp into it, getting to blow up like planeswalkers, artifacts, and shamans might be good. It's a little, it's a powerful card. It's a little one that I'm having a little difficulty evaluating without really playing with. But uh, why do you think the tokens come in tapped? Like was that necessary just, text? It's possible. Where like maybe it's like, okay, it is a very good card. Like, like if they were on tapped and like it could play defense right away, that might be a little strong, but. Like it is a sorcery. I could see them coming yeah. in tapped if it was an instant. You know, it's just That's like fair. They, uh, if this card was an instant, it'd be insane. Like secure the waste was a playable card for a while. Right, right. For yeah. one last, but yeah. mid one ones, which is a massive difference between two one flyers and one ones. Yeah, yeah, I, I agreed. I, I think this card would be really, really good if, uh, you know, if it came in uh, or if it was an instant. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it would be um, some uh, Teferi's the, banned and everything right now. Yeah. Everything that we're at least discussing today. Yeah. Um, That'd be a yeah, nice little combo. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, Maybe, I mean, it was supposed is it? Was it? No, I guess it was supposed to rotate. I was about to say it was supposed to be legal. Maybe that's why they come to fight theft. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, it was supposed was to rotate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. Might see play. Very deck dependent, but again, a direct fleet. One of the more powerful cards we've talked about so far, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, Harness Infinity is the next card. So this is one uh, triple black, triple green for an instant. Uh, this card's really bizarre. A- and I actually texted Joe about this too. This did yeah, not sure. This is the first time I've seen it. It's uh, this did not feel wild. like a, a green black card. Uh, it says exchange your hand and graveyard, and then exile Harness Infinity. It just it like this felt like it would be a like a Prismari ability to me, like the the blue red college. Um. Uh. Yeah, I'm not sure. It reminds me a little like green black stuff. Because like I definitely see the black in it. Then there's some like seasons past, which are, like reminds me a little of. Um, obviously not to the same extent, but. Okay, seasons past, I can buy. I can buy that. 
Yeah, exchange your hand and graveyard, exile, harness, infinity. So it could be like seven mana. Who, who, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess if you design your deck to like self mill or oh, yeah, yeah, if like you put it against effects. super grindy games <laughs> against uh, against rogues, just like pick up 30. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a cute one. Yeah, it's, this one is pretty tough too, where it's just like, uh, that's a powerful card. I, I don't know if it's a good one or like how, like the context of what it's actually good in. Uh, this feels like a cube card to me. This doesn't. Feel yeah, like yeah, right, right, yeah. That, that's that's <laughs> like a good. It's it definitely feels like a cube card. Like really this is a tough. card that I would want in my cube. I think. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know, man. This card, yeah, that card's got me all all confused. Um. The art is dope. I'll give it. But that. Pro 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 probably not good, but it's so so like an objective. Like I don't know if there's like a. I can't really think of any like combo aspects to it too, even though it feels like it a little. But yeah, I'd say probably like, not good. But just against you know, ropes. very powerful. <laughs> yeah, if it doesn't get drowned into the locked. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up, we've got Radiant Scroll Wielder. It's a two red white for a two four. It's a uh, creature dwarf cleric. Uh, instant and sorcery spells you control have lifelink. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile an instant or sorcery card at random from your graveyard. You may cast it this turn. If a spell cast this way would be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. So I got the Stolfire Grandmaster static ability, uh, which I haven't played a decent amount with that card uh, back in standard. Uh, definitely sort of relevant. Uh, pairs well with, like, Stomp. So Drink. Yeah, and then... Uh, some other damage spells too, I'm sure. Blanking on them. Like for a frostbite, frostbite's a good one. Three three damage one mana lightning helix basically. Mm. Uh the penny rep keep eggs on instant sorcery graveyard and cast it. Uh this card's good. It four mana like you need to untap. Probably just not quite there. Um whatever you do on tap with it, you build your deck in a way to make it work. It is powerful. Probably not gonna see play, but maybe cyber card at the very least. Like, would be insane in the Red Mirror. Because mm. four damage dodges most removal. Because, like we said, it's Stomp and Frostbite. Then, uh, maybe with the new land, and, like, the, there's enough duels, maybe you can easily splash white and the red. Although, you don't want to splash white, because you just want to play Snow Lands and Faceless Haven, because Faceless Haven's fucking nuts. Right. But, uh, so this card probably doesn't see play, but... Yeah. Or is it for Faceless Haven, it might. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, next up, we've got Culmination of Studies. So this is X, Blue, Red for a Sorcery. This card is really bizarre. Uh, it's Exile, the top X cards of your library. For each land card exiled, create a treasure token. For each blue card exiled, draw a card. For each red card exiled, deal one to your opponent. Uh, seems bad. Seems awful. Yeah. Just, just like completely unreliable with what you want it to do. Heavy mana sink could end up quite bad based on what you exile. It's kind of weird too, just to touch on like the last thing we we're talking about a little bit. It almost reminds me of when, because uh, in the original Theros standard, it was Theros, um, and then there was a multicolor set legal too, right? I think it was one of the Ravnica's at one point, but Devotion was the only deck that like saw play because right. Mutavault was so good. Mm -hmm. It's like so weird to me that you're not going to want to play like. 
a two-color aggro deck ever. Just because, like, why would you play a red-white card when you could just play mono-red and play faceless haven, or you could play mono-white and play faceless haven? Right, right. And so, so I think the Boros fucking guild is just doomed from the start. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Could even see blue red having that issue too, where just like why play because it's a little like uh, aggressively geared, not to the same extent, but right. No, that's a great point. Um, all right, so culmination of studies. I mean, this card's unplayable, so we'll move on. No, it's so bad. Uh, next up, we've got double major. So this is uh, what an adorable name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder the, the person who came up with that one probably patted themselves on the back a bit. I'm sure that they did. Uh, so it's a, a green, green and a blue for, uh, for an instant copy target creature spell you control, except it is, if it isn't, uh, except it isn't legendary if the spell is legendary. So I guess this one bears mentioning that you have to make sure that you cast this with the creature on the stack. It can't be on the battle. Yeah. Creature spell. Yeah. So that's the, the, the templating or the, or the wording of that is, I could see yeah, that. it's a little confusing. Like the idea of like creature spells, yeah. like yeah, creatures only spell on the stack, right? So, so I can't just like guess and scatter a creature and play. So when you when you cast this, you have to like hold control on arena, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you play your spell, hold control, so that you have full control. And then you'd have to play this and then target your uh, your spell that's on the stack before it enters the battlefield. So it could be a little wonky for uh, for arena players, but. Um, this card seems yeah, I'm almost surprised they would make it just considering how I don't think they like when you have to like hold priority for things. It's not uh, intuitive. And they've clearly tried to streamline the game and make things more intuitive. But that being said, it's still interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The, the wording on this card, I had to read it like three times because I'm like, no, this definitely says what I think it says. Like, um, uh, that being said, I don't think it's good. Yeah, uh, just seems a little too really bad. It seems really bad. Like the idea of like, oh, you get two four drops for six mana is like the ideal scenario, and it's still just not what you want to be doing. I think. And then picture if you get overloaded counterflux, the egg on your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, all right. This card, this card stinks. Uh, next up, we've got Silver Quill Silencer. So this is a white and a black for a 3-2 human cleric. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, choose a non-land card name. Whenever an opponent casts a spell with the chosen name, they lose three life and you draw a card. Very strong card. What do you think the most named card with this card is going to be? Uh, stomp. <laughs> I would I would agree with you. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> Yeah, actually a pretty strong card. I think you have to name Stomp basically 100% of the time. Even if you're not playing against the red deck, out of fear they just play a mountain at some point. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's aggressively cost it. Um, three mana, three, two. Like, if they don't have a lot of removal, there's definitely like some sort of linchpin card you can like name in there. It's super nice when it does trigger. Um, I, actually, I'm a big fan of this card. Really? I actually didn't think yeah. you'd like this card. Nah, I like this card. Alright. Yeah, I mostly just also late. think I'm just always going to name Stomp and just like, you know, what are they going to do? Not cast it? Right. And then it's one of the only things that actually like trades favorably with like a Stomp then where you're not like down on the card and they like start running away with it. Right. 
so I guess with that so, being said, though, like, where does it actually slot? Like, what's... What I don't know. Uh, I was working on, like, like, if there's some sort of, like, black-white human show. I, I think it's close. Because uh, okay, there's still, like, the, the Lord. Um, there's some tools for it. I'm not quite sure it's there. But I think it could be good. I think we're also getting close to maybe, like, humans being a viable uh, historic deck. Because hmm. there's a lot of, like, uh, semi-hate bear humans. The mana base is pretty good. Because Ancient Ziggurat was in, like, the last thing. I think uh, so Unclaimed Territory. There's, there's, like, another dual land, too, I think, for it, too. You have, like, Meddling Mage, Christelf, Rebooter. This kind of fits well into all that package. Um, there's the Lord. Kind of just a lack of, like, a little bit of uh, snowballiness without the Lieutenant or Champion of the Parish. But maybe eventually. Interesting. Yeah, and you do have uh, Thalia, Guardian of Thraben. That was, uh, yeah, Thalia too. Thalia's and Thalia's a very nice one there. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe you do have some cool stuff. So you, you like it for uh, for Historic, not necessarily for... Uh, I, I, I don't know. No, I think I like it way more for Standard than I do Historic. I was just saying maybe there's... I think we're getting close to some sort of like Hate Barry human deck. Gotcha. In the format. Um yeah, for, for standard, I think th there might just be a white-black aggro deck. Um, there's a decent amount of tools there. Obviously, it picks up a lot from this set. And if that does exist, this is, uh, I think, a relevant card there. Cool. Sounds good to me. Next up, we've got Blex Vexing Pest. I don't even like saying that. That, that name just feels like a tongue twister. It's a 2 and a green for a 3-2. It's a legendary creature with a, a pest typing. Uh... It says other pests, bats, insects, snakes, and spiders you control get plus one, plus one. And when it dies, you gain four life. And it's a double-faced card. Uh, so the back side of it is two is a uh, two black-black sorcery. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may put any number of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. You lose three life for each card you put into your hand this way. This card is really bizarre. This card's sweet, except for uh, the fact that it's literally unplayable as long as Bonecrusher John exists on the front side. <laughs> and then, uh, drink. Yeah, the, the backside's uh, the backside's not bad. Like, uh, like there are definitely a lot of matchups where you'd take a four mana, draw three, lose nine. Uh, like if they just don't pressure life total at all, draw four, draw five, even. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Especially if you have a ways to offset it. Uh, this card's good and powerful. One of the better cards, I think, just in a vacuum we've talked about so far. A little skeptical just the deck for it exists. Um, and obviously most matchups, the backside, I think, is going to be a little too punishing. to Even as a draw like draw two, four, four mana divination, lose six is pretty bad. Although it's way better than divination, I guess, because you get card selection. So it's not really a fair analogy. But four mana, pick up two cards for six life. It's going to be pretty steep cost on a lot of matchups. Um, then if that's already steep cost going further from there, you can't really afford to lose nine or 12 in most regular games. Right. Uh, backside is powerful. It's very nice that like it, that the backside works very well as a double face spell though, just for the fact that when it is good, it's a really nice option to have. Uh, the front side just fucking stomp. It's just like, <laughs> you can't, you can't do it. You can't play it. It's, mm. it's you can't play three mana three, two. It's just too bad. Yeah. You got to play a three mana five five. <laughs> it's just like it's not it's not on that level. It's yeah. you, you can't play this. So can I interest you in the next card then? So next up we have the uh, 
the cycle of like ooh the, three toughness yeah the quadruple hybrids from uh from each college so first up we have the lore hold one so this is a quadruple red white hybrid uh for a two three human cleric it's a blade historian and it says attacking creatures you control have double strike and yes it does have three toughness does not get stomped gets frostbite though yeah it sure does uh, not very good. Uh, like, it's kind of cool if you can curve like a love struck beast into this. Set him for ten. Mm. That's a nice little one. But uh, yeah, it's like goldspan dragon follow up to this is nice, but I think just not good. A little too fragile. Red decks would rather Torbin, I think. White decks, uh, Alvar probably better. Cause like you're already looking to play equipments, right? So yeah, yeah I th- I, th- I think not good. I a little too weak. Fair. All right, moving on. Next up, we've got the uh, Prismari hybrid. Oh, so many words. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, choose target creature you control until end of turn. It gains <laughs> if this creature would leave the battlefield, exile instead of putting it anywhere else. And when you exile this creature, create a four four. Uh, four mana four four. That's that's decent stats. Uh, the abilities so convoluted. Yeah, until on the turn it came. If this recast a copy, on the turn. So it's like play opt. I will target my elemental expressionist. Now, if it were to die, I exile it instead. Right. Uh, yeah, you just like choose a creature, and if it dies, you get a four four instead. So it'd be good with like a sack outlet, but I don't. It's weird that this card, you theoretically wouldn't want to pair with the sack outlet at all. No. It doesn't seem like they would be designed for that type of deck, but it's kind of what it encourages you to do. Yeah, this card stinks. Uh, it's not like terrible, but the ability's so weird. Yeah. Like I get they're going for like the the shift type effect or whatever you want to call it, but the battlefield instead of yeah, it seems yeah, it seems mopey. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. Not terrible, I guess, but I'll I'll call it terrible. Next All up, right. we've got manifestation sage. I think this is actually the best one of them. So it, it's a uh, a two two. Uh, and when it enters the battlefield, create a zero zero green and blue fractal creature token. Put X one one counters on it, where X is the number of cards in your hand. Yeah, uh, pairs very 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 well with Thassa. I'm sure that's the immediate thing to do with it. Who knows? Maybe there's a mono blue devotion deck. Uh, the last card we saw adding quad blue, but probably not very good. But between this and Augury Owl, having like two good is that what it's mm. called, Augury Owl or something Archive Owl. Yeah. Uh, it's like Arcanist Owl or something. Yeah, having two quad four good blue drops that work well with the card is honestly maybe enough to push it into being a real deck now. Um, yeah, and you get the, the one awkward thing is Yorion, right? Yeah, you could do that too. Uh, the one awkward thing maybe is that if you're being a mono blue deck, you kind of want phaseless savings. Maybe you just play like 26 or 27 lands so mm. you could still play all your blue but still play phaseless saving just because it's so good. Um, if you do put that many quad four blue drops, obviously playing faceless haven is a little awkward, but yeah, maybe this makes that a deck. It's, it's something I'm 
at least interested in. Um, it's powerful too. And even like, though it like, does get stomped, the fact that it has that ETB is nice. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you get the value still. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I, pretty high on this card, too. I, I think this card... I don't know if I'm high on it. I think it's only playable if that's a deck, honestly, but... Uh, I, 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 it might yeah, be enough to make yeah. it a deck, yeah. I, I meant as far as, like, cards that have the most Potentially potential being in this like, cycle. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, then you'll see the next one, and this next one's not very good. Next up, we've got a Dramatic Finale. So this is the uh, quad hybrid for Silver Quill. Uh, creature, it's an enchantment and it says creature tokens you control get plus one plus one whenever one or more non-token creatures you control die. Create a 2-1 white and black inkling creature token with flying. This ability triggers only once each turn. It's not that bad if there's a token deck. It's like a decent uh, decent uh, decent anthem for it. Well, also, the static ability is nice. Just so you get to trade off token, likely upgrade it to a 2-1 or at the very least just replace it. Uh, yeah, if, if there's a token deck, this card's really good in it. I don't know if there's a token deck. I'd have to do some more digging. Um, I don't think there's enough in just this set. The only good card we've seen so far with it would be Bot Out the Sky. But, mm. like, this and that are definitely incentives towards it. Like, there needs to be more, but if, I don't know if what's been in the past sets and what else there is in this set still. But there's a token deck. This card's good. If not, it's unplayable. Yeah. Next up, we've got... Damagoth Titan. So this is the one for Wither Bloom. Uh, so it's a four mana eleven ten. Uh, it is a creature type demon, and it says when Damagoth Titan attacks or blocks, sack a creature. More for the teamer fling deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, not that I don't think there's no fodder, no trample, no evasion. Not uh, not doing it for me. Yeah, that card seems bad. It's big though. Keyword big. Great, great. Yeah, <laughs> keyword. Yeah, just gigantosaurus or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, cute with the great hench, two mana. But okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Aside from that, nah. Yeah. Next up, we've got Flame Squirrel Celebrant. This is a double face card. Uh, it's a two mana two one. That's uh, one and a red. For a human shaman, whenever an opponent activates an ability that isn't a mana ability, Flame Squirrel Celebrant deals one damage to that player. Then it has an activated ability. Burning Tree Shaman throwback. Yeah. And then it has a, an activated ability of one and a red. Uh, it gets plus two plus so until in the turn. Backside is called uh, Revel in Silence. And this is a white, white instant. It says your opponents can't cast spells or activate Planeswalker abilities this turn. And then uh, Exile Revel in Silence. Uh, I don't know. Those, it feels like it does a lot. Are those ca- types of cards ever playable? The like you can't cast spells. Silence, not really. Only on a combo decks, um, or sideboard cards maybe occasionally. But for like white aggro decks, you want to dodge a wrath. That being said, it does something like this does get a lot better when you throw it on a modal card, sort of similar to that black card I we talked about earlier on the back of the Lord. Which is like normally not a good card, but it, when it's good, it's going to be really good. So it works really well as a modal card. But that being said, I feel like this card just comes a little short on both sides. Where it's just like it does some stuff and it's almost good, but just not. Is kind of where I'm landing on it. Yeah. It's like feel feels like it could be good, but then when you think about it, I think just a little too weak on the front side, back side maybe a little too situational. 
the the planeswalker thing a nice little attack onto the second ability too. But I just again same th same issue too of just like would maybe have a better shot if red white was actually gonna be playable. But just like you're not there's no reason to play red white. I think is like just play red or play white. Like just don't play red white. Yeah, and control is not playable in standard right now, so it's not like you even have like a Jess guy out to like. Yeah, I mean it's really good against like uh, it's a really nice response to like uh, ultimatum. Like that's kind of nice. If you're running a salt deck, they cast ultimatum, then you cast this. Just get them. Mm, yeah. You can literally two mana yeah, counter for it because they yeah. can't do anything. Uh, right. But yeah, that deck doesn't even exist. Like as long as yeah, we're, no, that deck, that deck's great. That deck's great in standard. No, I mean, uh, like as far as like having a deck to play, like that white white card in. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, maybe, maybe honestly, maybe just mono white's a deck. Maybe they just side. I could see mono white being a deck and sideboarding just this card because that matchup can be a little rough because the shadows are and ultimatums. Mm. Maybe, maybe white could just sideboard this. I don't think it's good enough, but. That's slow because it is really nice too that you can respond to the ultimatum. You don't have to like preemptively do it. You get to like actually counter it. Right. But no, fair enough. Fair enough. I, yeah, I just I don't know. I, I'm not seeing it for uh, for that card either. Uh, next up, we've got Torrent Sculptor. So this is two blue blue for a two two. Uh, it's another double face card. Uh, it is a Merfolk Wizard with Ward uh, for two. And it says whenever this creature becomes the target of a spell or ability in a controls, counter it unless that player pays two. Uh, when Torrent Sculptor enters the battlefield, exile an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard. Put a number of one one counters on Torrent Sculptor equal to half that card's mana value, rounded up. Then the backside is Flamethrower Sonata. It's uh, one and a red for a sorcery. It says discard a card, then draw a card. When you discard an instant or sorcery card this way, Flamethrower Sonata deals damage equal to that card's mana value to target creature or planeswalker you don't control. So many words. Uh, you know what I'm thinking? Oh boy, hit me. What are we thinking? Mag, we get some Magma Opus up in here. Mm. You go to turn to turn two treasure, turn three six six, turn turn three six six. That's hard to kill. Ooh. Hey. True, right? Yeah, turn three six six. Turn three six six, and then it's got ward two. So even if you go to target it, you gotta you gotta pay. The yeah, they're not gonna, they can't bone crusher this on turn three, or then yeah, the, not the great move for it. Dodges heartless act super well. Uh, cause it's got counters. Oh right. I don't know if it's like enough to be a deck, but if it's like maybe. You had me at Magma Opus, so... And, and like, the backside's good with it, too. Because you get to... Uh, just turns into, like... You can use it to pitch the expensive instant sorceries for two mana removal. Oh, sure. All right. This card's maybe decent, if that's any sort of deck. Hmm. Well, I hope that you come up with something good for it, and then you tell me about it, and then I'll... I mean, I, I don't really know much past between play this and Outburst <laughs> and Opus. Magma Opus. But yeah. it is. <laughs> play this with Outburst and Opus, and you hope to do something. Yeah. <laughs> you play the command, too, so you can loot them away when they're bad. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the thing. There's blue-red stuff, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we know we got the fucking fist thing. Augmenter... Oh, Pugilist? P P Pugilist, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
All right. Yes. He looks like he's wearing Hulk hands. He, he does. So Augmenter Pugilus is one green green for a 3-3 three, three, Troll Druid. He's got a trample, and as long as you control eight, eight or more lands, Augmenter Pugilus gets plus five, plus five. Uh, backside, Echoing Equation. It's a three blue-blue for a sorcery. Two-target creature you control. Each other creature you control becomes a copy of it until end of turn, except those creatures aren't legendary if the chosen creature is legendary. Uh, so Mirror Weave, I think, was the card from yeah. like Lorwyn Block. I think so. Uh, kind of like a bad Sylvan Advocate. Yeah. That Probably not good enough, but maybe yeah. okay. I don't think so, though. Yeah, that one doesn't. Seem most of the time it's going to be three mana, three three, which just centaurs aren't standard playable. Alrighty, so uh, next up we've got selfless glyph weaver. It's a two and a white for a two three human cleric exile selfless glyph weaver. Creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn. Uh, backside is five triple black for a sorcery. Choose a creature or planeswalker, then destroy all other creatures and planeswalkers. Uh, I love this card. Honestly, it seems really good. Really? Yeah, little little awkward that the sweepers and standard are extinction of Anachado's verdict, which makes it worse than I think it would normally be. But if you're white black, they're just like having a good creature, like a two out of two three. Like being able to give like the selfless spirit effect is definitely powerful. It's really it's really good in creature mirrors because um, it makes combat unlosable. Uh, typically good against control decks because you can protect your other creatures. I, I do think worse than it normally would be. Since uh, the black sweepers don't destroy, um, and the the white ones are not fantastic at the moment, but the backside is also very powerful because, like, even a card like this can delay the game a lot, create a board stodge because can't really tack into it. Um, and then if you follow it off the back half ever, it's quite good. I'm just like a wrath where you get to pick your best creature and planeswalker if you have it, and destroy uh, everything else is pretty good. Uh, I like this card. Where do you like it? Do you like it in standard? Do you like it in historic? Uh, probably a little weak for historic, I'd imagine. Um, good in standard. Again, you'd probably want to be able to cast both halves. The uh, front half might just be a cyber card if it's just mono-white aggro. Uh, but if there's like a white black deck, I actually like this card a lot. Interesting. I did not think that you'd like that one. Next up, we've got Pestilent cauldron it's a two and a black for an artifact it's got a, a few activated abilities here so the first one is tap it discard a card create a one one black and green pest creature token with when this creature dies you gain one life then it's got uh one tap it each opponent mills cards equal to the amount of life you gain this turn and then it has four tap it exile four target cards from a single graveyard draw a card uh, backside is three green green for a sorcery. It says return up to two target creature, uh, up to two target creature land or planeswalker cards from your graveyard to your hand. Each player gains four life. Exile restorative burst. Uh, seems like a solid limited card. I think it misses a little and construct it. Not quite like the engine you need for a pest deck. And I don't even know if that's like a thing, especially because their lord I think is unplayable, despite being good. Yeah. Uh, weak. Yeah, 
seems like it. Next up, we've got the commands, so we'll run through these. So first up, we have the lore hold command. It's a three red white. Uh, for an instant, I uh, they're not all instants actually. So uh, so this one's an uh, instant. Yeah. Uh, it says choose two. So create a three two red and white spirit creature token. Uh, creatures you control get plus one plus zero and gain indestructible and haste until end of turn. Uh, it deals three damage to any target. Target player gains three life. Uh, sacrifice a permanent, then draw two cards. Uh, probably the worst, just because it's five mana. Uh, the abilities are solid, but not like like Helix is the best ability on it. Yeah. Uh, three two for five mana sucks. Uh, the trumpet blast type. I don't not trumpet blast, but the anthem type thing with uh one on the instructful is yeah. fine but not good and then village rights is one mana card uh overall just not yeah good. yeah this card does i would expect it to see no play at all next up we've got prismari command so it's one blue red uh this one is an instant it says choose two so prismari command deals two damage to any target uh target player draws two cards then discards two cards target player creates a treasure token and destroy target artifact. This one seems good. I like this one. Yeah. This one's good. Three mana shock. Uh, not great, but decent, especially when you combine it with a different effect. Looting could be very relevant, very powerful when it is good. Treasure token, some nice little pairings with the good to ramp sometimes, and then destroy target artifact. Again, situational. Slightly uh, overcost it, but also just very useful and good when it actually comes up. Uh, definite hit with this card. Um, good card. Yeah, I like that one. Quandrix Command. It's one green-blue for an instant. Choose two. Return target creature or planeswalker to its owner's hand. Counter target artifact or enchantment spell. Put two 1-1 counters on target creature. Target player shuffles up to three target cards from their graveyard into their library. This one seems bad. Uh, Bad, but still playable, I think, depending on the deck. Um. Like I can see like a tempo we deck that wants this. Uh the graveyard thing not super relevant, but could when it does come up probably good. Um the the unsummon the most likely thing to come up. Uh good break of blue green deck, whack and removal, but maybe wants to tempo people out. Uh counter target artifact or enchantment, great when it comes up. Like if you can counter art somewhat expensive artifact or enchantment, then also bounce something or grow on your guys seems quite good. Um so not great by any means, but I could see it easily seeing play. Uh, the last ability even makes me a little interested in maybe uh, with some of the new lands, maybe there's a way to make like Sultai rogues work. Seems okay, maybe like a rogues deck where the last ability is actually good, and you're kind of looking to tempo people out already. Mm. But uh, So probably not. Wouldn't be shocked if it doesn't see play, but if there's a deck for it, it could be good. Interesting. Next up, we've got the Silver Quill Command. So this is two black-white for a sorcery. Choose two. Uh, target creature gets plus three, plus three, and gains flying until end of turn. Return target creature card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Target player draws a card and loses a life. Target opponent sacrifices a creature. I like this one. Uh, when the Edict's good, the card's good. When you have something to rebuy, the card's good, because either Edict draw a card is good, rebuy... Uh, Draw a card is good, plus three, plus three. Flying, nice for maybe nugging out Planeswalkers, closing out a game. I like this one. Probably a little bit worse than Prismari, but maybe even close. 
um, better than the other two. Solid card. Next up, we've got Witherbloom Command. So this one is just green-black. For a sorcery, choose two. Uh, target player mills three cards. Then you return a land card from your graveyard to your hand. Glowspore Shaman. <laughs> yep. Uh, destroy target non-creature, non-land permanent with mana value two or less. Target creature gets minus three, minus one until on the turn. Target opponent loses two life, and you gain two life. Uh, this one seems really bad to me. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Unless you really need to kill Season Hollow Blades. What, destroy target non-creature. That's so just specific towards what it can actually give. Destroy target non-creature, non-land, permanent with mana value two or less. That's uh, kills like yeah, baffling end glass casket. <laughs> like I literally can't even think of. Imagine it just what other the cards. Yeah, it just, <laughs> yeah, just, you, can kill, you can kill these four cards. <laughs> the backside is just a, a checklist of cards that you can kill in standard. <laughs> It's a double face card. Uh, yeah, that card seems bad. Uh, next up, we have the cycle of deans. Deans. Are yeah? Are any of these good? Like, are these even? Uh, They're all super wordy and all seem completely and utterly unplayable. The the white one would be good if it wasn't for Bone Crusher. I think. Uh the black one is the black one do. Yeah, I don't know. The black one's a combo of something, right? I heard in an older format. I don't really know what it is, though. I'm going to say we can just move on from those. Yeah, you know what they all die to, though? Literally every single one of them. Yeah, all gets done. Like, the, 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 the Deans, they're in charge of their flagship cycle in the set. They're in charge of... They're supposed <laughs> to be good, and, like, you want them to be good, and they're all, like, cheap-costed, and they all they all up on Crusher. Completely boot-stomped, yeah. It's... Two toughness, two toughness, two toughness, one toughness, one toughness. Yep. Uh, next, out of this line. Banishing verse is nice. Banishing verse, yes, exactly. So this that's, one's that's a good card right there. White, black for an instant. Exile target, mono-colored permanent. It exiles. doesn't even destroy. That's yeah, a good this, card. Yeah, this card's really fucking good. I couldn't think of any decks that wouldn't be good against right now. Obviously, multicolor set coming in, but not even that many good permanents out of like coming into the format that are multicolored. Uh, yeah, this card's really fucking good. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's such a clean removal spell. Like, Cast Down was good, right? Or which one am I thinking of? Not Cast Down. Uh, you know which one I'm thinking of. It was the same card, the Doom Blade for one to black, and this exiling and also hitting Planeswalkers or. Jamments uh, seems seems really good. Uh, why am Wait, I ultimate price? What am I thinking? Ultimate price? Is that the one? Ultimate price. Like destroy, destroy your target monocolored or yeah. What's which one I think I it think? was ultimate price. Yeah, destroy target yeah, monocolored price, yeah. creature, right? Yeah, perfectly perfectly good card, and this just blows it out of the water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's probably the best card in the set, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, definitely out of the ones we've talked about so far. I don't know. Yeah, it might should be the best card. Uh, let's see. So clean, honestly. It's just so clean. Yeah, that's really, really good. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, no, I know what the best card in the set is. At least what I personally think the best card in the set is. Maybe I'm wrong, but 
Yeah. Spill yeah. it. What do you got? We got the world champ, baby. The world's champ. We got the world champ. The GOAT. Which card? We got PV's card. Oh, that card. That card's fucking good. Yeah, that's your card for best card in the set? It's really good. Let me get let me get over to that. Let's see. I'll read that one. It's a two and a white. Three one flyer. So very aggressively costed. A little fragile, but even when it dies, you still get the ability of uh when it enters the battlefield, you look at their hand, you get the exile card, and then they can play it from exile, but it costs two more to cast, which just is a pretty heavy tax, honestly. Like if they want to stop it and not cost four. Oh wow! I missed it the first time that I read this card. I thought that it only remained exiled for as long as this was in. Ah, it stays exiled. Yeah. Great yeah. with uh, an historic. Great with uh, collect the company. Great with ephemerate, which is a new addition, which could be pretty big for it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, very very strong card. They they they. PPV well-deserving champion. They did him some justice with, uh, I believe, a fantastic magic card. Hmm. All right. Yeah, I could, I could be sold on that. That card. Yeah, that card is really good. It's really good. Yeah. Just like the white aggro deck, getting like such a. It's just so aggressive. It's a very. It's a good stat line, and the ability super good for. A deck like that in standard, and then uh, tons of playing. Should see playing modern. I think. I could easily see playing humans. Uh, really good card. Yeah, I, I totally miss. I don't. I don't know why. I just my brain automatically like assumed that it was even like, someone like you who loves to have a four of creature to board in their blue white deck oh, to get really people control mirrors. This is this is a great one for that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> now, now, now you're in? Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, uh, I'm so in. That was, a, that was a great sales pitch. Yeah, that was a, yeah that's a good one. <laughs> uh, let's see. So we're already over an hour. Um, All right. Yeah, we could do we could do a part one and part two. Maybe we'll, we'll bang out the lesser ones with uh, the help of uh, a castmate if they decide they would like to join us at some point. Yeah. Uh, I, I was honestly going to say, like, I could just cherry pick some... Uh, some like quick ones that I think are just like, you know, worth cherry picking out. Um, I think oh, this is honestly a good one to talk about. Uh, so professor Onyx, it's a uh, four black black for a uh, five loyalty planeswalker. Uh, it's got Magecraft, which is uh, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Uh, first loyalty ability is plus one. You lose one life. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Uh, minus three. Each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures that player controls. Uh, minus eight. Each opponent may discard a card. If they don't, they lose three life. Repeat this process six more times. Uh, first off, why does it look like Angelina Jolie? Uh, the only person I've even seen mention this, and I believe they're correct, is uh, is our pal Peter, who when I he said I believe Angelina Jolie is supposed to play Liliana in the Netflix movie or series or whatever it's going to be, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe that's actually correct because after Peter said that, I thought he was maybe kidding, but then I looked it up and it actually seems like it's true. But I haven't seen a single person else mention that on Twitter. 
But I, I think that's actually correct. And then I would assume the fact that this looks exactly like her confirms it. Yeah. So, like, yeah. It literally, it's, it's clearly a picture of her. And just it, like the, it is, it is so it obviously a, Angelina Jolie. Yeah. <laughs> as a year ago, it was a real rumor that she was uh, being heavily considered to play the part. Interesting. And, uh, I, I believe that is actually 100% true now. So, what are your thoughts on this card? Really good. Yeah? Yeah. It's really good. Where do you see it, it being really good? I don't know. Uh, since the Soul Tie fairly well, you're just trying to ramp. Mm, decent card to get with, like, uh, Epiphany. Like, it is, like, Valky level, power level. Um, mm. Good with Vorniclex, too, right? I guess it doesn't like ultimate right. Like, how does Warnerclad? Does it get like double counters? It does get double counters. Yeah, so you wouldn't yeah, be able to go good, good grab with Warnerclex. Uh, I don't even know if they're still playing that, but yeah, the card's good. Um, like the more the more like heavy hitters that that can get play that also just like are reasonable cards of their own that aren't like uh, super over. Like the more you can streamline the deck, and the better you can make it. Like the better it is. Uh, I think this card fits in super well there. Could easily just any sort of like black mid range deck. This is it's a little overcosted. Like so, it's, it is like contextual. There's the other six mana Liliana. There's Veroska's Relic Seeker, which kind of jumped to mind as like similar power level six mana Planeswalkers, but they're both fine in their respective formats at least for a bit. So right. this card's good. Fair. Static ability super nice. Like. Definitely could be relevant. Um, uh, the fact that the plus one isn't just... Because the, the analog is like a five mana Planeswalker of the plus one draw card, minus three kill creature. But I do think these are better variations on those. It does cost one more mana, but you get the static ability, you get slight upgrades in those abilities. Uh, so overall, that makes a good card. Interesting. I, yeah, I, I would love for this card to be good. I think it... Like you said, that between the static ability, just the things that it does, um, I think it does slot into some existing archetypes. Um, so I, I, yeah, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see where uh, where it ends up. Um, what are your thoughts on these like discounted type of like spells? I don't I don't even know how to like describe it, but like we'll take uh, like baleful mastery for example. So this one, right, I, th I think I know what you're talking about. This like, one's three. Uh, this one's three in a black yeah. for an instant, and it says you may pay one in a black rather than pay the spell's mana cost. If the one in a black cost was paid, an opponent draws a card. Exile target creature or planeswalker. So this this is like a whole uh, cycle in this set. Um, yeah. Do uh, any of these in particular jump out at you as as being playable? Do they jump out as being good? They're definitely interesting, but are they are they actually good? Or are they playable? The black one could be okay because it's about on like four mana instant exile creature planeswalker isn't that bad. Um, we've seen effects of that exact cost you play before. You very 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 rarely probably want to discount it, but when you do, it's for a good reason. I, I would imagine. Um, so, so this one could see play. Uh, I, I know the white one. That one's really bad. I, I don't think you can ever play that one. This one is the closest one to good. Um, yeah, the rest of them didn't seem very good. That's why I read the black one. That one at least seemed the yeah. best to me. Probably but even that one. It's like 
uh, you, you don't want to play a bunch of them, like maybe one or two in a deck that wants this type of effect. And then at that point, you're also playing it with the intention of playing four mana, but with the upside of playing it for two when it is good. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so jumping over to uh, to an uncommon, this is a card that I saw uh, being pretty heavily debated, actually. Uh, so I'd be curious to get your take on it. Uh, this card's called Flunk. It's uh, one and a black for an instant. Target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn, where X is seven minus the number of cards in that creature's controller's hand. Uh, bad. There's enough good two-mana removal, way too situational. Because um, when it's bad, it's so bad. Like yeah. not being able to kill something or when they're uh, hell-bent or whatever. Or the opposite. Yeah. Wh- whichever one is bad. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saw people calling this card insane, and I saw people calling nah, the, this card unplayable. Those, so. those people are uh, in need of uh, some tutelage. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we have a cycle of lands. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't bring these up. So uh, basically, the uh, the Innistrad lands uh, that that cycle was uh, was all ally yeah, color. Four, now fortified village type. Yeah. Yeah. So they they finish off the uh, the enemy cycle there. Uh, what are your thoughts on these types of lands? Uh, I love, I love, love me some untapped dual lands. Big fan of untapped dual lands. That being said, these are so fucking mediocre. Yeah, yeah they are. they're so mediocre. Also, it's nice that they pair well with triomes, but they also don't. Where it's nice that you can reveal them, but you also want to play your triome on turn one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a rough one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like I like untapped duels, but these are just fucking. They're so bad. Yeah, they're they're as medium as it gets. I'm not bad. I'm gonna play them, but like they're as medium as it gets, honestly. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I'm just sifting through, seeing if there's anything else worth uh bringing up. It is. It is such a fucking tease that like, oh, it's like they're almost good with triomes, but no, they're not. Right. Yeah, right. Hope you can wait a little while. Um, I do enjoy that they're snarls because I don't, I don't. They're just a snarl cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Looking through. Uh, so humiliate. I think that's a good card to to mention. I think you like that one. Uh, so yeah, that's the white black one. Yeah, that one's good. Uncommon, uh, white black for a sorcery. Uh, target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-land card from it. That player discards that card. Put a one-one counter on a creature you control. So uh, yeah, sh- shout out Castigate. Uh, yeah. Strict upgrade, but yeah. Uh, I guess this one doesn't exile, but you get a counter. Yeah, it, it's fine. It's like thought erasure was like playable. There's a similar effect. Um, when the counter comes up, it's good. Uh, not great, not terrible. Like. We'll probably see some amount of play. Next we probably have illustrated by Randy Vargas, Luis Scott Vargas's cousin. Randy Vargas. Is that that's not a thing, right? Nah, but I just opened it and I saw it was illustrated <laughs> by Randy Vargas. I thought that was a funny joke. <laughs> I mean, you easily could have got me to believe that. So, uh, next we've got expressive iteration. This one's uh blue and a red for a sorcery at uncommon. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand. Put one of them onto the bottom of your library and exile one of them. You may play the exiled card this turn. That's a nice one. 
Seems pretty good, right? I think this might be good for, for your pet deck, too. The Underworld Breach deck, right? So breach, yeah, because you're already playing some zeros. You yeah. just play, like, Amber and Thormod's Crypt, so then you got you can play this on two, you can even hit sometimes. Digs for, dig, digs for Breach. Yeah. It's a nice little hit. I think, I think this is good in that deck. Yes. So this is an awesome segue. You are, you are good at podcasting. Let me tell you. Almost like the, we've been doing this for a long time. You think I'd be better and I'd know when to talk and not talk, but I'm still figuring out that part, but I know what to say <laughs> when I do. <laughs> Can you believe that we've been doing this for three years next month? No, nah, not even close. But... Next year is three. Next month is three years. Yeah. We started May 2018. Unbelievable. If you told me that, we'd still be doing this three years later. Um, so, yes. Speaking of the Underworld Breach deck. I think so, we'll have I think we'll have 100 episodes by our first decade. So, <laughs> if we, yeah, if people we don't know that there's yeah. like been 25 episodes that just didn't come out. Yeah, that's true. We definitely had some issues with uh, our, our growing pains of of, of, <laughs> of coming into this. Yeah. Um. So there's the the mystical archive, right? Uh, that's a list of it's like 65 ish or. I, I forget. I think it's like 65 cards that are uh, part of like this like little mini altar art. Uh, it's like reprints and new cards and whatever. That's uh, that's part of this. Uh, some of them are, are banned outright, but they're all uh, historic legal. You want me to just get my like one through five of like I can rank them too, probably of the uh, of the mystical archive. Yeah, I would honestly love to hear your. Uh, let, let's yeah yeah five five's good yeah what's your top five what's your top five all right number one not even close to being close number one not even close to being close faithful saluting wow that's the number so good one, not even close okay. it's not all even right. close i thought you were gonna say brainstorm uh, but okay <laughs> no no it's probably in the top five but not 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 top five faithful saluting just so good it's so efficient also just insane to put in the format because i don't it limits so heavily what can be printed and what can't be printed because it's so good with graveyard interactions. Because um, it's just such insane card advantage when discarding the card doesn't actually, when that's a bonus or when that doesn't actually detract from your card quantity because it does something in the yard or is beneficial in the yard. Uh, literally just, an, it's such an insane card. Banned in modern for a reason. Um, not like an objectively... Like, it wasn't too good in the standard format because, like, the card disadvantage is relevant, but the more cards you have in older formats, the more cards that interact with the graveyard. I think just it just really annoys me that they would think that this is an okay card to put in because it completely uh, sort of goes from any discussed or implied philosophy about, like, what's an okay card. Like, something like, uh, for some reason, I almost like collect the company in the format because it really limits, like, what the more creatures you put in the format, the better that gets. That's why Birthing Pod, that, like that was an argument for why Birthing Pod is banned in modern because it really just like limits what creatures you can make because the more creatures you have, the better that card gets. And so same thing with Collected Company, like the more creatures they put in this, into Historic, the better that card is going to get. I didn't like that for that reason. Faith Saluting, now every card that you put, because Faith Saluting are even provable as a breakable card. And now every single card you put in the format that interacts with the graveyard is now getting closer and closer to breaking Faith Saluting, and you're eventually just going to have to ban it. Like, I already think the Fe I already think Phoenix is enough to make the card ban worthy. Mm. And just the fact that now every single card they put out that is good in the graveyard or good with Faith Saluting will push it that much closer to 
I think getting inevitably banned, which is why I think it's the most frustrating for one me too that they like put it on the list. But mm. all right, so I'd say that at number one. Uh, number two, Inquisition probably. Okay. Uh, very good card. Really don't like the idea of historic essentially just having the one-two punch of thoughts he's Inquisition that modern already has. Ugh. I think uh, it's kind yeah. of an identity of that format. So it seems weird to me that they would just uh, have this take that over. But Fucking uh, Inquisition, very powerful card. Downside of thoughts, you sometimes drawing multiples, you take too much life. Um, a lot of decks want five to six discard spells. You now get to play a mix of whatever you want between Inquisition and that. Um, as someone who's played a lot of Red Black Arcanist, um, your best draws by far were discard spell into. Arcanist. Sometimes I even played a main deck to rest or two just because that's such a good start. Getting to play Inquisition in that slot again could be a massive upgrade for something like that deck. Um, especially like that deck, I think it's another big one because you could, I don't think you play fourth Faithful Suitings. We probably some out because it works well with Kroxa. Fine with Dreadheart Arcanist. Um, lots of ways to recoup value by putting a card into the yard with that deck. So, like I said, sort of mitigates a lot of the downsides of Faithful Suiting, like I said before, while also getting Inquisition, which is uh, huge because. Arcanist is a card that's banned in Legacy. Like, Dreadheart Arcanist just got banned in Legacy. And the same, that sort of touches on exactly what I just said, of the same reason why that card's so good in Legacy, but not insane and historic. It's just the lack of one mana spells. Yeah. Like, good one mana spells. And now the more good one mana spells, that we, that card's been proven as a card that could be too powerful. And now, just when you give it, like, another massive tool like Inquisition, I think that massive upgrade for that card. So, uh, you really have to be careful about just... That's why I really just don't like the, the fact that any of these cards are going. And you really have to be careful with powerful cards and large card pools. Because just the more cards that interact with each other very well, the more chance they're overpowered. So uh, Inquisition, very, very good. Because I think it fits in super well to the format. Just an incredibly powerful card. Number three, I could be overhyping this one just because I haven't personally played a lot with it. But I think it's just very efficient interaction. Um, memory Lapse. You are very high on that card right now. Yeah, I think it really just uh, a level of efficiency not really seen currently in the format. Just two mana on conditional counter. Um, really love the idea of pairing with rogues, but I, I do just think it's very good at like slowing decks down. Um, there's lots of ways to like uh, you know, field their own, like a good way to break like the disparity on the card. Um, very much, I think. You don't have to make this card counterspell, but the more ways you have to turn it into counterspell, the better it gets. Um, not a card I've put a ton with, honestly, and like constructed so it's possible I'm overrating it, but I do very much like the idea of it in the format. Uh, number four, I'll go with Brainstorm. Uh, probably going to be a little overrated because everyone thinks of Brainstorm, uh, just in Legacy, where it's so Because e the goal with Brainstorm is to make it as close to Ancestral Recall as possible. Um, the more ways you have to do that. Uh, that's sort of like, that's always the goal with the card, which is why it's very speculated on how difficult the card is to play with. Cause you want to get the timing right on which cards you're pitching away, when to get the most value out of it, when to uh, be able to make sure you can ensure you're not going to brainstorm lock yourself, which is what it's called when you have to sift through your bad cards and redraw them naturally. But, uh, very powerful. I think there are enough ways to break the downside of it. Um, especially with just like when the only comparison before was opt in the format um I, I do think it's a big upgrade 
I do also think that people tend to overrate how bad brainstorm locking yourself could be because in a lot of situations it means you're just going to draw those cards anyway. But, uh, the, yeah, very good card. Should see a lot of play. Um, maybe a little overrated first, but still going to be good. Just definitely staple the format. Um, do you think f- that people uh, who say that, like, no fetch lands existing is, is, like, enough of a gripe? Or do you think, like, just having Fabled Passage and, like, uh, like evolving wilds is enough to to make it good. Uh, uh, there's enough other ways to make it good too. Like honestly, even looting effects are okay with it. Like um, like Faithless looting is fine. Prismari command maybe out of blue red decks. Um, okay. J- just any like shufflers. Like like I, there's probably ones I'm not thinking off the top of my head. Um, yeah. But uh, the fact they're like, or like the fact that you could always respond to someone else's field of ruin with it or something, so they have to be careful about stuff like that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, there's stuff like that. Um, it's just very powerful card selection. Seeing three cards for one mana is already very powerful, and then the fact that when you can turn it into essentially real card advantage by massively upgrading your existing cards and then getting to get rid of those cards somehow, uh, like even like Stitcher, something like Stitcher Supplier. Just, just like stuff like that exists. I think there's enough way to. It's already powerful because getting to see three cards for one man is very good. And then when you do get to find a way to massively upgrade your next draw steps, um, incredibly powerful. So definitely staple the format going forward, even if overrated at first. Number five, I've been looking through now. There's a couple of good cards like. Uh, yeah, I'm curious which one you're going to okay. actually uh, pull. Ephemera is okay. Time Warp is okay. But I think I'm going to go on Lightning Helix. Nice. Yes. That was my pick. Nice. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go Helix just because how oppressive it is to creature decks. Um, it, like, I get them not wanting Bolt and Path in the format because they're such efficient removal spells and they want creatures to be good. But Lightning Helix, uh, someone who's played like a lot of creature decks in modern, like f- five, six years ago. Um, it fucking sucks when you get lightning helixed. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty backbreaking. Like yeah, like I played a lot of Vindy and just like it sucks when you get lightning helixed. Like it's pretty uh pretty rough. Uh, very very oppressive to greet your decks. Um, also just being like a powerful burn spell for maybe red white. I think red white wizards can maybe be a deck with any one drop. Um, lightning helix also probably fits well into that deck. Uh, just guy control just really really beats up on creature decks like if you have this and electrolyze that's disgusting yeah 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 all right so top five your top five mystical archives so uh yeah i forget what it was gold. i don't know if you kept track i, I think i, I, I think it was i, I wrote them all down because i'm a good host. brainstorm helix yeah yes it was yeah you had number one faithless looting inquisition of kozilek memory lapse brainstorm lightning helix yep I'm probably overrelating memory lapse, but I just want to play with it. Uh, no, I I, I agree. I, I think it's it's a very very interesting card to to have access to, um, especially. I mean, when was the last time it was printed? It, Visions, you know, it's just like that card hasn't existed in, or, or even been reprinted. As far as uh, as far as Strixhaven's launch on Thursday, I'm sure you'll be streaming, and it'll be at least an exciting time to to do some brewing. Where do you think you'll be starting on on Thursday? Like, what are what are three standard ideas that you have, and and three historic ideas that you have? All right. So, like I said, I've been slightly more interested in historic just because I expect it to have a much larger impact on the format. So there's more ideas kicking around than standard. Where I think it's 
power levels are already, already relatively high. I don't think much is going to change. Um, so for Stark, I put a little more thought into. Uh, best deck off the bat, I think Arclight Phoenix. Uh, Faithful Suiting makes the deck. Brainstorm going to be a very good addition. Prismari Command also probably good for the deck. Uh, so expect that to be probably the best deck in the format. So I'll look to mess around with it. The Iteration card might be good too. I'm not positive on that one. Uh, so big fan of that. It's probably my number one deck. Uh, I do want to play the Magma Opus, Creative Outburst, Gear Hulk, Creativity deck, just because I don't think it's something anyone else really is uh, messing around with too much. And I do think it could be good. So it could be a nice little niche to, you know, kind of make my own, hopefully, uh, playable deck. Yeah, Though, who knows? It might suck. It's a, it's a very difficult deck to, I think, uh, analyze without really playing. But at the very least, it's interesting. So I'll mess around with that. Yeah, it looks awesome. uh, also. I also want to play some ephemerate decks. I think it's a little hard, um, just because similar thing. Very powerful card, but the card pool is a little limited compared to modern, or just less cards that are just have good end of the battlefield effects. But I do am a big fan of the card uh, in itself. I think it's very high power level for historic, um, and I do want to mess around with that. Cool. So then, can, uh, I, can, I, can I ask you a question for? Uh, for Ooh, actually, no. I want, I want to play rogues. I want to play rogues with. Uh, oh. In historic with uh, with memory lapse uh, inquisition, really good for it. Love it. And then can I ask you about uh, about our baby, the uh, the underworld breach deck? So do you think? All right, go for it. Do you think that in a world of Jun food and black white auras, that underworld breach gaining tools like brainstorm and faithless looting, um that we might actually be able to make Underworld Breach into a thing in this particular... like Because both those decks like just want a goldfish, right? And obviously, we also want to do that. Um, and I know when we were messing around with it, it was like the Auras deck was... I, I think it was like Azorius Auras at that point. But even then, it was just like... Just the combo of like Emery and Aether Spellbomb was enough to just like make that matchup feel like a buy. And then as far as Jun food, it's just like... You know, what is that really going to do to interact with our graveyard? Like, we're just going to do our thing, I think, hand over fist on them. So do you think that we could end up with a uh, Underworld Breach Breakthrough with uh, getting some cheap cantrips? Uh, definitely. I, I do think it's a deck to maybe look out for. I was just messing around with the list a little yesterday. Um, I, I was kind of curious how the deck's supposed to look because you get so many extra cantrips um, with Brainstorm, Faith of Suiting, Expressive Iteration, like I said, probably good add. Um, that being said, too, is maybe maybe there's just a maybe you move away from the excavator combo, and like since you have so many cantrips, maybe there's a way to just break breach. Um, I don't know if there's a different way to do it, but if you just have like a deck of all cantrips, underworld breach. I don't really know if there's a way to net mana. We also got stormwind conditions. Oh, and, uh, yeah, we we got some stormwind conditions. So I don't know if I do think you would still play Oracle to win in the deck just because it's cleaner, and most of the times you can just make blue mana off of Mox and Emery, but. What uh, uh what stormwind cons did we get? That's a really yeah, grape shot, one. grape shot, mind's desire. The well, mind's desire doesn't win on its own, but great grape shot for blue red tendrils. Oh right, grape shots in the mystical archive, right? Yeah, so I want to be maybe this is just like a regular storm deck with underworld breach now. Um, that being said, I did throw together a list for breach yesterday when we were talking about it, where it's mostly just cantrips now with the wind conditions, with the idea of just trying through your deck pretty quickly, find the cards you need and kill. Um, a little less interaction, a little less like fairness to it, but uh, I felt a little probably too slow still. 
Like it was to spend the probably like three, four turns digging and probably just die. But mm. um, that's a really interesting. If the format's idea. if the format's if format's a little slower than I'm expecting, then it's good. But it's possible there's just like a storm deck now. I would be so in for that. I think there's a lack of maybe mana, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not positive. With a lot of cantrips and underworld breach, like you might just be able to do something. I'm not sure yet what uh, tools well, you, are there. You've got my hopes up. So, uh, all right. So I, I, I digressed from uh, from standard. So what, what do you think your top three uh, standard decks would uh, would look like? Uh, I don't know what are the top three standard decks right now. Uh, so rogues, yeah, teamer adventures, rogue, and soltile tomatum are probably yeah, like those, three big ones. Yeah, those are probably the best decks still. That's uh, be a bummer. Isn't that so lame? <laughs> yeah, the cards are just too good. Uh, <laughs> I've got some like brews that I'm messing around with, but I'm pretty low hopes. I got like a mono blue deck with Asa, like I said. I have uh, I have like a blue green like tempo deck that I kind of like playing. Uh, it's like old school Miracle Grow, but it's probably not good. And then, uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm looking through my decks quick, trying to. My decks are so weirdly labeled now. <laughs> oh, Hollow One, I think, also could be a good historic deck. Oh, because the faithful faithful yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's. Cool. Uh, you probably play. You probably just play Phoenixes too, but you actually definitely do. But uh. So it sounds like you don't anticipate. I got a black white cleric. I got a black white cleric. Is that is that good? Mm, doesn't sound it. There's some new good clerics. The silver's cool silencer. That's a cleric. The black white dean. That's a cleric. Uh, the selfish cliff weaver. That's a cleric. So you know we got that going for us. Yeah. So it sounds the, like you're not the too least high. That's a cleric. Uh, all right. But, that's true. So Strixhaven, you're not really anticipating to to break through in standard too much. No, but... it's it's got some good cards. I really don't expect it to spawn archetypes. I expect the good cards to just fit into where they might already be good. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely fair. Maybe maybe I'll mess around with blue red, uh, torrent sculptor deck. I I can't wait for Thursday. Honestly, I, I'm excited to just get in there and uh, and start messing around with some stuff in uh, in historic specifically. But yeah, I'm just looking forward to playing new cards. Honestly. Same big time. Um, for the sake of time, obviously, I mean, obviously, when you know you're going over spoilers and things like that, getting ready for a uh, a new set launch, uh, you're you're running a little over on time just because there's so much to talk about. Uh, so for the sake of time, we'll uh, and just the sake of uh, not enough participant bodies, we'll uh, we'll skip Wheel of Fortune this week and we'll come back to that, and then we'll just uh, we'll just move directly into uh, into the sign off. All right, so sign off this week is uh, I did not attend this tournament, but it was one of the first PTQs my brother ever went to. I, I wasn't even really playing competitive magic yet, but it was uh, Enemy of the Podcast, Jim Davis, playing in an, a PTQ, one of the first modern PTQs ever. Uh, good friend of uh, mine, and I believe you probably maybe know a bit, but uh, former Goldish level pro, Invitational Champion, Maxwell Teets, oh, is watching yeah, yeah. him play a match. And Jim gets memory lapsed several times in the match. Okay. And this is in modern when that card's not legal, but it was like a new format. And then Jim just loses, gets a memory lapse several times. Then a uh, guy brings up the Jim loses guy, like walks away. They felt the slip or whatever. Then Jim goes, damn, memory lapse is really good. Teats. Why aren't we playing in my deck? Then he's like, yeah, I was watching. I wasn't sure if it's legal or not. 
And then they like think about it and they're like, hmm, wait, it's not legal, right? And then they go up to the judge, but the guy had already turned in the slip. So there's like, oh, nothing we can do about it. <laughs> so it's just funny that Teats was watching the match and he just like, hmm, I don't know if it's legal, but he didn't want to say anything. Or like, he didn't want to actually share quarterback. <laughs> yeah, but funnier segue too is uh, the very first PTQ I ever go to. So, Jim, they can't do anything about it. They're like, all right, you already lost. We can't do anything. But they give them free entry fee to the next PTQ they run, which is several months later. And it's actually the first PTQ I attend. And uh, Jim loses in the finals of that PTQ. So, kind of rough that he gets his, uh, like, all right, fine, we'll give you free entry to another. So, Jim decides to go after. I think he hadn't even been playing much magic for the last few months because he was finishing up school. Yeah, or like yeah. started going back to school and was taking it seriously. So then gets him to go drive to New Jersey with two children. He just met me and my brother uh, several months earlier. And then I ends up losing and the, plays the entire thing to lose in the finals and then drives back home. <laughs> oh, my God. Poor bastard. Yeah, it's kind of just massive kick in the dick. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's bad. Well, they were sitting around playing their magic cards. At least that's what I assume they do. And then someone went out and bought some microphones. And that's how they be The MTG Brew Crew. The MTG Brew Crew. The MTG Brew Crew.